Hey, and welcome to The Edge Show, episode number 139, I do believe. It's been a little while since I've been here. And um, you know what? I thought I'd take the opportunity to introduce a guest and new co-host, Mr. Matt McSpirit. Hello. Hello. In case you if you remember, uh, actually, it was one of the episodes that I did where it was Simon's, Simon Perriman's last uh, day on the job, if you will. Uh, and... Um, Matt has uh, graciously accepted a job offer and is now actually working on the team. And what kind of stuff are you going to be covering, man? So I'm going to be covering storage, compute, mm-hmm. networking, business continuity, which we'll talk a bit about today, virtualization, obviously, workloads like Linux on Microsoft, uh, Microsoft workloads on Hyper-V, mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of security as well. So anything that's kind of in the data center, software-defined data center, is going to be my bag. Okay. So mm. we're talking software design, defined data center, on-premises technologies, but then also where they're kind of bridging out to talk to the cloud environments. Yep. And I'm the guy that talks about the cloud environments where they bridge down onto the on-premises environment. Yep. So I anticipate that Matt and I are going to be doing an awful lot of stuff together over the next little while. Mm. Uh, so in case you don't know, Matt will be joining us now on a regular schedule uh, as per the, the uh, Edge Show schedule as it comes up. Uh, and I decided to uh, lean on him from his previous role where he talked an awful lot about uh, on-premises technologies uh, to talk about one area that we haven't really had a lot of coverage of, which is uh, Azure Site Recovery, but specifically targeting just the SMB or the small implementations, or as, as you put it, um, you said uh, for people that haven't made the investment on the system center side, they can still benefit from using uh, disaster recovery using Azure Site Recovery, mm-hmm. correct? Yep, exactly. So, uh, you know what? I'm just going to get out of your way and say, let's kind of get started and talk to me a little bit about this. Yeah, okay. I was hoping you'd just get out of my way and I could, <laughs> I could just crack on if that's all right. So, let me flick into my demo environment. And what I wanted to spend a minute doing is, is giving you um, an intro into ASR if you're not familiar. Because mm-hmm. we realize that not everyone knows what ASR is, where it's come from, what kind of scenarios it supports. And it's not just a one-trick pony. If so we look on... ASR... Oh, TLAs oh, yeah. and FLAs uh, <laughs> went straight is, in. Is, is a uh, Azure Site Recovery as yep. the uh, full full definition of it. But ASRs, yes. Yeah, I think you started with ASR. I, I, know, I, I just did. followed, I, but yeah. I know, it's my, my but it's, it's on the screen as well. It's right there. So, <laughs> so if we look at the, th- the the five scenarios that Azure Site Recovery uh, provides us with, you'll see that traditionally, when it first was made available as Hyper V Recovery Manager, so mm-hmm. before it was even Azure Site Recovery. It supported the use of System Center managing two on-premises locations, so a primary site and a secondary, both managed by VMM specifically. That was the key component of System Center that was required. And from there, you would utilize Azure Site Recovery to coordinate coordinate the replication and recovery between those two on-premises locations. Mm-hmm. And the engine of replication there was Hyper-V Replica. Right. So that inbox uh, replication engine built into Windows Server that replicated the virtual machine data from A, primary, to B, secondary. And ASR orchestrated all of that and automated it. And we've got some great videos on, on right. the MVA that you can uh, see how that works in a little bit more detail. But that was scenario one. We then evolved a little bit further, and for customers who didn't have that secondary location, they were smaller environments potentially, or just environments that didn't have a second data center, or they wanted to work, they didn't work with a service provider. And for those customers, they were looking at uh, a pre-constructed second data center being in Azure. Mm-hmm. And we said, yep, we can deliver that now. So again, managed by System Center on primary, on-premises, your secondary site would be Azure. So you'd come to the ASR portal, you'd set up, and you'd use Azure as your target site. So upon disaster, you'd fail over your workloads, and you'd run them in Azure, effectively using Azure IaaS. So that was the second scenario, but still required System Center. Now, in July of 2014, we acquired InMarge, which gave us a new capability to protect VMware environments, and primarily from 
an on-premises location primary to a secondary VMware location secondary. So it gave us another angle to have a conversation with VMware customers and, and partners mm -hmm. who can offer InMarge and ASR specifically as the brand to that VMware environment. So, we, so we're relevant in a heterogeneous environment as well. We then worked with our SAN vendors to bring in uh, protection of workloads from on-premises to on-premises, but using the SAN replication as the engine of replication there. Because lots of our customers have SAN investments, they've got multiple sites, and they're using technology that's built in the SAN to do the replication. Now, Hyper-V Replica and InMarge, they're both asynchronous replication. Whereas with SAN vendors, you can choose typically, depending on your SAN, from async to synchronous, which mm -hmm. is uh, more resilient, faster zero data loss as well, but does require some additional uh, fabric investments to make that happen typically. But now we support that with ASR as well. So you've got your SAN replication, we'll set up and we'll coordinate the configuration of that, e even including turning on the SAN replication with those uh, SAN vendors as well. Mm -hmm. so a lot of work's been done. They're the four scenarios out of the, out of the five. And the fifth one is what we're going to focus on today in the rest of the demo. Uh, and it's between a Hyper-V site, so an on-premises location that's not got an investment in System Center, to Azure directly. Mm -hmm. And if we drill into that and show you what that looks like, all that you need to get started if we go to the dashboard is for you to log into your Hyper-V hosts, log into Azure Site Recovery in the portal, so you'll set up a recovery vault. And that's really straightforward, just a few clicks give your relevant subscription information, and you'll download the two key files on the right-hand side here, the agent and the Azure Site Recovery provider. And they'll essentially get the Hyper-V host or hosts, so you'd install it on perhaps if you've got a couple of hosts, that's fine, in a branch office or your main site. You'll install both of those, and that will connect that Hyper-V host with Azure Site Recovery. So that coordination, that secure exchange of information, and then you're set up. Mm -hmm. So you're good to go to start protecting VMs. And if we look at our protected items here, you'll see I've got a protection group that I've already configured, and that's me specifying a number of consistent settings like the replication speed, how often I want to replicate, how many extra recovery points and stuff we'll see in a minute. And you'll see that I'm protecting six virtual machines here, and the target is Azure. So yeah. it's just a small environment. And we'll go in here, they're going from New York, these particular virtual machines as an example, and you'll see we've got AD, app servers, database, file servers, just an example of a set of workloads for a small business. And if we go into the configuration here, you'll see this is what I specified when I created that protection group. I specified my source. Now, my Hyper-V host itself isn't called Contoso NY. That's just the name of the protection group. And when I've installed the uh, provider and the agent, mm -hmm. I've picked those kind of names and I'm grouping some of my Hyper-V hosts together. I've got my target as Azure, my subscription and storage account that I've got in Azure Site Recovery. And then I'm starting to choose some of the more granular replication settings. So the copy frequency can be as often as 30 seconds. Now, we have released a calculator that helps you identify how much bandwidth you're going to consume based on the rate of change of data within your environment and whether 30 seconds is going to be the right one for you, maybe five minutes, maybe 15. But these are per protection group settings. So all those six VMs, whichever one I choose here, this is the setting that's going to be applied. It's not on a per VM basis. And you know, if I remember correctly, those are the exact intervals that obviously Hyper-V Replica is Correct. the engine is using if you're just going to go between two Hyper-V hosts anyway. Correct, yeah. So I'm going to choose 15 minutes. Now I've got the option to retain additional recovery points. And you might think, well, why do I need those? Because Hyper-V Replica and, and Azure Site Recovery by default will use the latest recovery point only. Mm -hmm. But if you had something happen inside the VM, like a user deleted something, for instance, Azure Site Recovery is not going to know about that. Mm -hmm. It's just going to carry on replicating the VM, happy as it goes. 
if you want additional recovery points to account for that that you could roll back to, just like you would with backup uh, mm -hmm. intervals, incremental backups, then this is where you'd kind of specify that as well. And you can have up to 24 of those, so 24 hours essentially. And then if we carry on, we've got integration with VSS snapshots, depending on your app, whether it supports that or not. And then finally, we can determine when we want the replication to start. So if you've got some quite sizable VMs that you need to replicate up to Azure, that's going to take a little bit of time, depending on your pipe. So you may want to schedule that for 9 p.m. at night, and it runs until it finishes, right. probably not during the business day. But that depends on your environment specifically. So we'll go immediately for now. We'll scroll back up, and we'll look at the VMs again, and we'll look at this particular virtual machine, AD001. Now, the name can be flexible. We can adjust that if we want to reflect what it will be called in Azure. It won't change the computer name inside the VM, but it will change the name of the virtual machine from an Azure perspective. Mm -hmm. But it will just pick the default by, by default. But the size, you'll see the T-shirt sizes in Azure. It will try and map as close as possible to what you've got on-premises already. So you'll see here size, one CPU, half a gig of RAM. We don't go quite as small as that in Azure with the smaller size, but it's going to choose the next uh, next one closest. But I could adjust it. On-prem, it could be one CPU and half a gig. When it gets to Azure, we might want it to be eight procs and 56 gig, but probably overkill for a domain controller. Now, the networking as well, if we're not using System Center, which in this case we're not, chances are in your Hyper-V host, you've just got a standard Hyper-V V-switch. Yeah. It doesn't have any concept of logical networks or virtual networks, really. But when we're mapping it to Azure, when these VMs are failed over, we want to attach them to a particular VNet and subnet that we've created in Azure. Mm -hmm. And this is where I just choose from my list here. And I'm just going to choose my Contoso NY that I've created in advance. So it's really that simple. It's, it's very straightforward to get set up. And adding VMs is literally a click of the add VMs, tick the VMs that you want to choose and protect, and click OK. And ASR will coordinate the rest with those Hyper-V hosts. And you mentioned Hyper-V hosts, so this can obviously have more than just one Hyper-V host that's being used in yep. your subscription? Yep, it's, uh, it can manage quite a few, uh, four or five maybe hosts for that SMB uh, configuration. Anything larger than that, and you're starting to get to the, the realms of, right. of looking at system, system center. center. Yeah, yeah. A better management solution. Absolutely, and gives you more granular configuration options as well. So we'll go to recovery plans, and if you're not familiar, recovery plans are really a way to orchestrate and control the failover from A to B, so mm -hmm. on-premises, in this case, into Microsoft Azure. They're easy to create, and they use that protection group that we talked about earlier to populate the VMs into this recovery plan. And it is essentially just a series of steps that just executes in order to fail the VMs over in a particular manner. Mm -hmm. So in this case, if we look at group one, you'll see all my VMs are there. So those VMs are all going to fail over as part of group one and start up. But you'll see we've actually injected some post steps into this recovery plan. And this one's actually a script. And if we look at edit here, you'll see the script name is set static IP. And this script is actually a PowerShell-based runbook that's stored in Azure Automation. So you can write all of these scripts, store them up in Azure, in the Automation Engine, and call them from ASR. So you'll see here we've got our Automation account, the actual runbook script that I'm calling as well. And what this one's going to do as an example is it's just simply going to actually configure a static IP for one or, or all of the virtual machines, depending on how that script is configured. But that's something that will run after those VMs have failed over. Now, after group two, we've actually injected a manual action, which is to confirm application functionality. And that's something I've created. I've named it that way. It's not a default. By default, there'll be no manual actions or scripts in the recovery plan. You have to inject them yourselves. And you'll see this manual action, as the name suggests, is just something somebody has to do. They have to log into a VM and test the functionality of that line of business app. In this case, it could be something more specific if you've got specific uh, line of business app needs. And this manual action will be performed 
during planned, unplanned and test failovers. So it's going to it's going to be part of the recovery plan no matter what type of failover we execute. And essentially, it's just going to sit there and wait for a ticky box to be checked to say, yes, I may yep. have did this. That's the recovery it. plan will not proceed past that point unless somebody goes and does something. Right, uh, to, the, to the subscription itself. Yep. yep, yep, exactly. So if we come out of there and we look at those options that I just mentioned, we've got test failover. And you'll see in this case, we choose the network we'd like to failover into. And you may set up a, a specific test network in Azure that you want to use, or you might just use the one you've defined that you'll also use in the main failover. Mm -hmm. But the key thing here is, what's going to happen if I executed this failover is, data's already been replicated into Azure, into Azure Site Recovery. The virtual machines that are running on-premises are going to continue to run. They're not going to be impacted. They're not going to be powered down or anything. But we're going to use the latest recovery point that we've captured in Azure Site Recovery, bring up those VMs in Azure IaaS, connect them to the network we choose here, and run them for a little while. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be able to log in, have a look around, see how they behave, see they can communicate effectively as you'd expect, test them, hence the name test failover. And once you're happy, you say, yep, that was successful. And Azure Site Recovery will go and clean everything up then. It will decommission all those VMs that it created in Azure. It will clean everything up. It will uh, tidy itself up. And then you're done. You're back to continuing to replicate as normal. So you said two things are important. One of the, one of the that I want to just call it to make sure the VMs don't exist until you do a test. Correct. Or until you actually do the real failover. Yep. Which means that you're not being charged for them. Correct. Yep. From an IaaS perspective. From an IaaS yeah. perspective, they're not consuming any resources yep. except for simply being part of that replication as that's part of your ASR subscription. Correct, yeah. Uh, or, or purchase, I guess you would yep. say. Um, the ASR piece is something that, we haven't already mentioned this yet, but you basically pay for a per-monthly charge mm -hmm. uh, to be able to have this set up, and your price may vary based on what it is you're using. Yep. Uh, and uh, you, it's on a per-machine basis. As Correct, well. yeah, per-VM basis, yep. And uh, your price would vary depending on which scenario you're using as well. So the price for replicating into Azure is slightly different from that if you were going between your on-premises locations. Right. But Azure Site Recovery knows all about that and, and will license you accordingly. And the other thing I wanted to draw attention to is the fact that even with this network being a, it's a test one or if even it's a real one, um, there is no assumed connectivity back to your on-premises. Yep. I mean, this is simply all being done through Azure Site Recovery Manager, yep. and there is no hybrid connectivity required. No. Although, if that VM, sorry, if that VNet already had hybrid connectivity associated with it, and that was part of your app, it could still use that Hyper-V, so not the Hyper-V, that, that hybrid connectivity to talk to the on-premises side. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So if you've got users who are accessing one of those mach virtual machines that's maybe their remote desktop server, mm -hmm. they're not going to go to the on-premises one because that's disappeared, but right. they'll still be going to RDP01, or at least they think they will be, but it'll now be running in Azure. But you would need that hybrid connectivity right. to, uh, to account for that. So hybrid connectivity, then also part of your design would have to include, obviously, DNS naming resolution, that Correct. Sort of stuff, which is typical what you would have yeah. to worry about with the hybrid connectivity anyway. Exactly, yeah. So there's no difference. There's no specific configuration really required for Azure Site Recovery from a network perspective, okay. apart, just, apart from just having one there that you cool. can use. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to test or fail over. It's definitely a requirement. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be complex. It can be very, very straightforward. Um, so that was test. So let's take a look at actual failover. And if we look at planned as an option, unplanned is an option as well. And unplanned is basically saying, OK, we've lost the site. <laughs> Primary is gone. Yeah, oops, <laughs> forgot about that impending disaster that was on the way. Somebody told me, but I didn't access. I didn't action it. So we've lost the primary site, and now Unplanned will just get stuff on up and running in Azure as quickly as possible. Planned, however, is saying, okay, I've taken the call. There's a disaster on the way or a power outage that's expected. A very and slow moving bus heading yeah, towards Yeah, data. exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't go below 50. It's on the way to the uh, data center. You've got time to act. And by using a planned failover and clicking OK, 
That kicks off, and what happens now is, as per the recovery plan, the VMs are first cleanly shut down, shut down nicely, no disruption, no kind of off-state, off-button. Cleanly shut down, the delta changes are replicated, the final deltas, mm -hmm. across to Azure in this case, and then the recovery plan starts to execute in terms of bringing VMs up in a specific order, and then your scripts, and then your manual actions. And then you're, you're up and running in Azure. Your ISVMs are spun up, your virtual disks that have been replicated are attached, and you're then running in Azure on that VNet that you've configured. Mm -hmm. And that will take a dependent amount of time. It depends on your uh, VM sizes, what you've got running in there, et cetera. But it shouldn't take long to actually fail those over into mm -hmm. Azure. And that, in a nutshell, is, is how you utilize uh, the Azure Site Recovery for SMBs. Really straightforward. Very cool. Now, that is specifically for Hyper-V environments yep. for this one here. It mm -hmm. uh, does not do VMware. It nope. does not use the Image tools. Nope. Uh, it's only just Hyper-V. But it can be a number of different Hyper-V boxes that are being used Correct. to get them up there. Obviously, as well, I'm assuming the same limitations exist that it can only be Gen 1 VMs, not yep. Gen 2s because we don't do Gen 2 stuff up in Azure at this Correct. point in time. Yep. Uh, and other than that, it's 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 um, independent of what whatever is inside that black box of the VM. Largely, um, yeah. So long as it's supported in Azure. Yeah, yeah. you'd want to choose workloads that are supported on Azure for when it spins up in Azure as that ISVM. Right. So you'd want to make sure that that was matching. Mm -hmm. And obviously, do your test failover to make sure it works. <laughs> That's what it's there for. And you <laughs> so can test as often as you like. That's the nice thing about the solution is you can test once a day if you want. It's entirely up to you. You're not penalized. Yep for a certain number of tests per month or per year, you've really got the flexibility to do it as often as you like. And you're only incurring the cost of the machines for those test environments when they actually are initialized and spun up. And then when you're done yep. that test and you say, strike it and I'm done, Azure will tear those guys down again and you will no longer be billed for those guys and you're billed yep. on a per minute basis for those ones. Yeah, exactly. The, the charges of you testing, depending on how long your test phase is, might only be very minimal. And mm -hmm. the same, obviously, when you're running in DR. You obviously want to get back to on-premises mm -hmm. as often as you can. And that's a good point is that reverse replication is also part of the solution. So once you've got your stuff back online and you're happy and your primary site is running again, before you spin those VMs up that are now out of date compared to what's been running in Azure, you want to replicate back and ASR will, will help you with that sort of stuff. Very cool. Mm. Well, sweet, man. Thanks no for, for, uh, Thanks assisting for having me, me with the very quick demo to be able to come off and yeah. do this and also a brief little introduction. Um, what do you guys think uh, from the ASR perspective? Something to be interesting to try out? Uh, obviously, you can go off and try this out with an Azure free trial because uh, it's um, available to go off and to use mm -hmm. right now. And um, what about this topic of the shows and future topics of shows? You can always get a hold of us if you're interested. Down below inside the comments area is probably the easiest place to do this. And I haven't even checked. Do you actually have a Twitter account? Yes. yes? Yeah. What's, I'm down with the kids. You're down with the kids. You yeah. got it. What's your Twitter handle that you use? At Matt McSpirit. Uh, easy. Easy to remember. At sign Matt McSpirit. It'll be in the show notes there as well. You can obviously tweet us and send us some uh, comments as well at, at sign TN Edge. Uh, I'm at sign Rickster CDN if you want to go off and reach me. And you can also go off and comment on our Facebook page. I don't know if you know we had a Facebook page, but we do. Uh, at facebook.com slash channel nine edge show. It just rolls off the tongue. What's Facebook? <laughs> hey, it's another way to be able to go off and reach yeah. your audience, see what's up there. But uh, I don't know when you're in the schedule to present uh, the next episode of the Edge Show. I'll have to figure that one out. Uh, 2016. In any, any uh, no, no. <laughs> We're throwing you in next week. <laughs> yeah, that's it, today. Uh, any hints of what you think a next topic for you might be that you might want to cover? Um, I mean, you obviously talked about on-premises stuff, but where, where do you think you want to go with that? I guess it depends. If we're before build and we're before Ignite, there's some stuff we could cover, cool stuff around storage. Mm -hmm. We've got some good stuff there, networking as well. Um, but as we go towards build and Ignite, we're going to have loads of stuff to talk about that we, we can't talk about before. But right. yeah, there'll be cool stuff there across all compute storage network, service delivery, mm -hmm. Azure Pack, those kind of things as well. And so yeah, 
there's, there's a whole spectrum of choices that we could go from. Well, stay tuned because we'll find out what that is. And one last uh, parting thought in case you're interested. Uh, we're going to be having a very special live stream taking place on the Microsoft Virtual Academy coming up on April 15th and April 16th. Uh, it's going to be two half-day sessions focusing on Azure IaaS uh, and architecture for the IT Pro. But we're going to be focusing with a different slant this time, uh, focusing on security aspects and what it means to have security, data privacy, and other topics along those lines. So stay tuned for details of a link for registration for that particular activity if you want inside the comments area, sorry, inside the details area of this particular post. Uh, and also on my blog as well. You'll see it on there at regularitguy.com. But hey, man. Thanks. Welcome to the team. Well, thank you. And thank uh, you. looking forward to having some more fun with you in the yeah. near future, talking about on-premises and also hybrid cloud and things going forward. But uh, thanks a lot, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you.